Welcome to Songs and Tales, a podcast where we delve too greedily and too deep into the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. I'm Clara. What you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> Adjusting my mic. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> and this week, we have the soft, squelching bodies that will guide you on this journey. And if you can't guess from that description... We're back, baby, with another thick, squishy spider queen. And much right. like her much like her beloved mummy Ungoliant, Shelob also sounds like this. When she, she walks. And, uh, she and Gerard Depardieu have the exact Ew. same walk. <laughs> Skinny legs. Mm-hmm. Skinny Big legs, body. round body. Big round body. Huge Does nose. Gerard Depardieu have skinny legs? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past. <laughs> uh, um, we're yeah, we are. we're at the end. I was gonna say we aren't book. even nearing the end. We are at the end of this book. Right. Well, it's an and ending we, of sorts. It's a part of the ways. We are sorry that we are a week late with this episode. Personal uh, problems. Personal problems is right. January. <laughs> came and used us as a personal punching bag and uh left so <laughs> here we are three and a half wisdom teeth later and uh <laughs> is it a half or like three quarters how I much did they leave in there i think it's i don't know how much they left in okay. uh short, long story short folks i got my wisdom teeth removed but one of them uh you know when you're not 17, you're getting your wisdom teeth removed. It's a little more complicated. One of them really, really liked me, really, really liked the nerve in my jaw so much that it wanted to hug that nerve. And my oral surgeon could not get the whole tooth out without damaging the nerve in my lower jaw. So I still have half a wisdom tooth in my face. <laughs> So I'm not totally stupid. There you go. I was waiting for that joke. If you didn't Um, make it, I would have. Despite texting my sisters while coming off of a lot of barbiturates, me dumb now, (laughs) I'm not totally dumb. This is a normal text from you. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it kind of is. Normally, it's not accompanied by a picture of me with bloody gauze hanging out. No, that's true. That's true. That was the flavor unique to this particular situation yeah aaron got a text that said frankenstein's monster but yes. i was mad i was mad because i couldn't remember how to spell frankenstein <laughs> but i think you did right it was correct i did okay i did do it yeah I and mean, i wasn't sure if i was supposed to laugh or not um i was trying to be funny i know but i couldn't tell <laughs> you look so sad in the picture <laughs> i didn't think i did <laughs> i know but you were high on drugs <laughs> yeah uh anyway folks thank you for your patience yeah. Uh, the delay was not because of my wisdom teeth, but no. that is something that did happen in January. <laughs> but I'm back, and I my mouth is you know fully functional for the most part. Um, and you know what? Here's our segue. My mouth has some big big holes in it, much like the cave that uh, Sam and Frodo <laughs> find themselves in. In this last section of the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go spelunking in precisely the wrong cave. Yeah, I mean, is there, I mean, I'm sorry. Caves 
I've been to Mammoth Caves. We've talked about this. I yeah. liked Mammoth Caves. It's very cool. But spelunking's not a thing that mm. any no. You've seen the descent. Don't do. do it. Yeah. Um, it's a cool word, and that's about all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the noise that happens when you fall down a crevasse. Yeah, you, you spelunk. Yeah, you spelunk mm-hmm. from rock to rock. Correct. Spelunk might actually be the sound that Sheila makes as she squeezes <laughs> when she out of the hole. She slams her butt down. Spelunk. Because <laughs> I feel like she uses her butt as a weapon. She does chapter, use her butt as a weapon, which I have to respect. That is very Freudian. <laughs> I respect it though. Um. Yeah. I mean, sure. You use what you got, girl. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, look but... at Shakira took over the world with her butt. That's correct. For a brief period. It's true. <laughs> President of the world, Shakira. <laughs> Brief recap in the last two chapters of this book. Uh, chapter, I guess, nine of book four. Um, sorry, I'm trying to do my Roman numerals here. Shelob's lair. Uh, Frodo and Sam do some spelunking. They enter Shelob's cave. They get stalked by Shelob. They think they're in the clear. Frodo, for some reason, gets like kind of giddy high, weird, uh, goes running yeah. away. Sam gets distracted fighting Gollum, who has shown up again after leading them into Shelob's lair. Uh, Shelob spikes Frodo with her. St- Dinger or her fangs, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if it's her. Uh, yeah. And um, Sam kills her. Well, not really. Sam yeah, I just like hurts her enough her that enough. she backs yeah. off. Um, he thinks Frodo's dead. He takes the ring. The orcs come. They're like, he's not dead. Uh, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Frodo actually says that. So they take him away uh, to their tower. And Sam has a little. Look, after having like a crisis of conscience, little Sam, sad Sam moment, follows Frodo to the tower. And that is the end of the And he puts book. the ring on. And he puts the ring on. Yeah. That's it. That's the book. It's a cliffhanger, folks. It is. We love a cliffhanger. Ah. Uh. No, I hate I hate cliffhangers. <laughs> I don't want them. I mean, like a cliffhanger chapter. Fine. If it's a book and it's a cliffhanger, I'm like writing a letter to that author. Yeah, but I mean, this is all one book. I so. mean, not Tolkien because he's, he's dead. dead. But yeah. His estate will be hearing from me. <laughs> oh, great. I'm sure they'll, they'll love to hear your complaints. Please amend this <laughs> book that's been out since the 1940s. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, Shelob. Who's Shelob? Who is Shelob? Shelob. What makes her tick? Uh everything, it sounds like. Yeah, anything that can be eaten. Which is everything if you're a void monster. If you're, in yeah, if form. you're Shelob. <clears throat> is she unkillable? She might be. Okay. I mean, like, I don't think she's totally unkillable, but like it's implied that it would take a lot to kill her. Okay. Right. That's what it seems like, because she's just like apparently been feasting on orcs for hundreds of years as well. Yeah. Feasting so. on orcs. And like, I mean, um, 
Tolkien writes like she's got, you know, like her belly's like a fucking hide. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like there. you can't you can't um slash at it or anything. Like her only soft spot is her eyes. Right. Um so she's not mess- I don't her Betty it's never Davis said eyes. it's never <laughs> Yes, she has Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um it's never said that she's unkillable, but like she's pretty hardy. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, yeah, she's a lot like her mama, right? I mean, what more can we say? Yeah, her mama is Ungoliant, if you don't right, remember um, our thick, our original Thick Spider Queen, mm-hmm. who also sounded like <laughs> when she walked. Right. Um, yeah, well, she's a giant spider. Well, she's a but, giant being in spider form. Yes, correct, because she's not Much... like any spider you're ever going to see. In the real no, world. thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can you imagine? You don't want to see the spider folks. She she's a is. Spike on her butt. Yeah, and she's like humongous, <laughs> but has really skinny legs, and they creak when she moves. Yeah, why do they? Does she have osteoporosis? Or rheumatoid arthritis? Oh, maybe. I don't yeah. know. She's got Brittle something bones. going on because she should not be creaking this much, mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oil them joints, honey. Take a fish it's oil a WD forty. That works too. Oh, sounds like a screen door creaking. Um, yeah. So Frodo and Sam like stumble across Shelob, who's this ancient creature. Mm. I mean, she is like a beast yeah. of the old world. She's been around forever. She's the daughter of Ungoliant. Mm-hmm. Comes from the void. She, yeah, she, yes. So, uh, like, well, I don't well, think Shelob comes does, from but, right, but yeah. she's a child. Well, we don't of, know what. What Ungoliant mated with to make Shelob. Right. We Other just know dinner, that. But. Right. <laughs> mm. uh, and Shelob is interesting. There is some we were talking, there's not like a ton to discuss in this in this section. Um, but I think Shelob gives us a few interesting points to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. first of all, um, Frodo and Sam are in this cave. They're in her little lair. Mm-hmm. And it's once again, it's like incredibly atmospheric. Mm-hmm. And the in- most interesting thing about it is that it's like, they can feel her like anger. Right. They like, they talk about how they could feel this like sense of like malice, uh, which is very, I think is really interesting because the only other thing that like I guess equates to this is Sauron. I think it's different though. Yeah, because like it's a his different they kind can, of evil. And like his is like when, you know, Frodo puts on the ring, mm-hmm. you can like feel him watching and like feel, I don't know, his like, like searching and his will yeah. and his greed etc etc but like this obviously there's no ring that they're putting on they can just feel this like mm-hmm. hatred and malice and the sense that they're being watched and it's very close and thick and like uh yeah if it, it's mm-hmm. just it's all bad yes um they feel kind of like 
sleepy and there's a bubbling hiss that they hear and uh and that's all just shelob that's just the essence of shelob mm-hmm. who i mean sadly i think the tough thing about this is most things that we talked about with Sheila or we would talk about with Sheila, the stuff we already talked about with Ungoliant. Yeah, it's basically the same mm-hmm. character. Yeah. I mean, Sheila actually came before Ungoliant because, right. Even Tolkien, conceptually. Yeah. Right. Wrote this before he wrote the Silmarillion. And while he may have thought of Ungoliant before mm-hmm. he thought of Sheila and put her in this book, they're essentially the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah right. Yeah. All Shelob cares about is eating. She has no need for power. She's just hungry. Or like no conception right? of it even now. Yeah. Right. She's like every base hmm. desire made incarnate, which we talked about with ad Ungoliant. nauseum with Ungoliant, right? And how it's mm-hmm. interesting that it's tied obviously to Shelob is female, and so it's really female desire and that's mm-hmm. problematic, Tolkien. Thank you very much. <laughs> but here we are. Um, yeah, he, I don't know if you have anything to add to this. Just that he really loves describing her. Yeah, he does love describing her. And like how and nasty she is, she is. Yeah, she's like she menacing. Smells really bad. She smells awful. She makes disgusting sounds, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bubbling hiss. She creaks. I think she like screams at one point. Mm-hmm. She like, yeah, she does. She squelches. Yeah, she squelches. She has um, a soft squelching, right? Soft squelching body. Uh, yeah, as soon as she has squeezed her soft squelching body and its folded limbs out of the upper exit from her lair, she moved with a horrible speed, now running on her creaking legs, now making a sudden <laughs> bound. Ugh. It's really grody. <laughs> And after like Sam, oh, and like after Sam stabs her, she like, you know, runs back Mm -hmm. into one of her little hidey holes and leaves like a nasty trail of slime. Yeah, which like the orcs see too, and they're like, someone really fucked her up. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's an elf, but we can talk about that later. Uh, I was surprised at the line about how like Gollum had been worshiping her at one point. Mm Hmm. Apparently, what surprised you? Well, just like I've. Like, why? <laughs> I guess. Well, okay. So my theory for this is that, I mean, Shelob kind of represents everything that Gollum is. Like, we've talked about this before, right? All Gollum wants mm-hmm. is the ring. But at the same time, he also, like Shelob, is kind of a slave to his basest most mm-hmm. animal desires right like all he cares about is getting the ring and also like gorging himself on fish and if he gets the ring that's all he wants to do with it is like kill everyone who's ever wronged him and eat fish for the rest of his life <laughs> so really ungoliant is kind of this personification of what Gollum Wants to like be. wants and cares about. So is he like, is he able to communicate with her at all? Like, it's unclear to me what the. <laughs> OK. I'm shrugging for all of you yeah. listeners. At yeah. all. <laughs> uh, I don't like, know. I'm trying to figure out what I mean, was he like leading orcs there for her? Like, what is his use to her? 
Like, why is she I don't she think she... I don't know. Maybe he's too skinny. Yeah, maybe. He's all but I, I, get, I also get the sense that, like, Shelob kind of likes being worshipped, right? Do you get that sense? That Shelob likes being worshipped? Yeah, that she's, like, kind of into it. Like, mm, this little guy... <laughs> I'll keep him around. I can around. him with my butt, but I won't. He makes me feel good. Like a queen. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cute. They're a cute oh, couple. I, I think. <laughs> She's got her spindly little legs. He's got his stringy little hair. They're Ew. perfect. Those poor children. Oh, they'd be hideous. <laughs> it's just Gollum with a bunch of eyes and legs. And legs. Mm-hmm. And a great ass. Yeah, she has terrible eyes. She's got like the most menacing eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There is a lot of, I mean, eyes. Okay, does that, but does that yeah. explanation I mean, yeah, satisfy Yeah, I think as far you? as we can get with this, right? Like, it's just, it's very Smeagol weird. Like, yeah, right, like, would care yeah. about Shelob. But I think your, your point makes sense. Right, because he only cares about himself. Yeah. But here's someone who's like, ooh. She's just like me, <laughs> but she's somehow made it work. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, maybe that's uh, what it is. Yeah, there is a lot of going talking about eyes is interesting for this chapter because there is a lot of like eye. Uh, uh, right. We yes. get a lot of the talk about her eyes. Um, so this like eye imagery for her and then all of this then light. Mm, does it like the the file of Gladriel and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Sting? Of course, glows. Mm-hmm. Right, they use the vial of file of Gladriel for the first time. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And interesting, it kind of possesses Frodo the same way the ring possesses him, but in mm-hmm. like a nice way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but right when he's like using it, he's like a different guy. Um, I don't know if I have anything more to say about that, but he kind of has this weird experience of. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, we're trying to find it in here. This I feel like we're really disjointed. We are. That's OK, though. Uh, but yes, the golem Sorry. does bring her food. There is a line about it. In oh, here. OK, great. So. And of course, Frodo speaks Elvish again, which is the, one of those mm-hmm. other instances. I think when he's stabbed, right? He also says the Elvish prayer mm-hmm. when he's stabbed on Weathertop. So we have that. Yeah, again. when he's stabbed on Weathertop, he says, like, Gilbreth, Athoniel, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he say here? He says, I'm not. Did you look it up? No. Did not. I didn't do my homework this week. I'm sorry. Bad Don't student. apologize to me. I didn't either. <laughs> We should apologize to our listeners. But, you know, in my defense, I had a dog who was very sick. <laughs> oh, it literally just means hail a rental brightest of the stars. Oh, okay. So he cries. So uh, he, that's what Frodo yells. Correct, and yeah. then Sam yells. Sam, Sam yells that same prayer to Elbereth, uh, Elbereth, Gethoniel, Omanal, Palandiriel, mm, okay. El, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Sam is the one who kind of has this weird, like, out of body experience. Correct, yeah. Um, he, like, hears a voice that is not his own speaking. 
he um it says as if a, a some, yeah the thought came to him as if a remote, a remote voice had spoken and he fumbled at his breast with his left hand and found what he sought gladly said faintly and then he heard voices far off but clear the crying of elves as they walked under the stars and the beloved shadows of the Shire and the music of the elves as it came through his sleep in the Hall of Fire at the house of Elrod. Gathoniel Evereth. And then his tongue was loosed and his voice cried in a language which he did not know. Mm-hmm. And he says, so I wonder if this is like, hmm, this like when they have the file, right? Frodo does it too. Um, I wonder if this is like, um, you know how we talked about how elves can like beam, right? They can like beam images and whatever into your, other, yeah, language. Into, into minds. I wonder if that's what's kind of happening mm-hmm. here as they like use this elvish uh, object. object. Mm-hmm. They're sort of somehow having this connection with quote the elvish right. that allows them to like speak in and this is, is their the, language remind me again does the file contain the light of the trees or of the silmaril or is it just like galadriel's light <laughs> no the file is essentially a silmaril okay it contains the light of the star the, oh, the, okay. of a red star yeah okay which is Right. The Silmaril the that was bound on okay. Arendel's brow as he sails his boat in the heavens. Sure. So it is okay. So it's effectively actually, a right. Silmaril okay. because right, it's the light from the mm-hmm. so yeah, it's the light of the trees. So that's why Shelob hates it, right? Because Ungoliant, yeah. her mother, oh, right. destroyed the trees. Okay. This is actually, in this chapter, I was actually struck by how much of the Silmarillion yes. is in yeah, this chapter. I didn't remember it because um, I hadn't read it before. But. That's pro- And to me, that's, I mean, I know there is a lot interesting going on with Shelob and like her whole shtick, her right? Whole vibe, but like, yeah. for me, what is probably most interesting is the fact that like, A, Shelob is Ungoliant. Let's face. It, I'm not even gonna say reincarnate. They're the same exact. The same exact thing. Yeah. Um, right. We have Frodo and Sam using the file of Galadriel, mm-hmm. which is this object that can right. trace its origin, like technically back to the light of the trees right. in Valinor. Um, they're obviously speaking Elvish, invoking mm-hmm. Varda and Arendil. Mm-hmm. And then actually at the beginning of the choices of Master Samwise, um, yeah. he, Tolkien, talks about <coughs> Shelob, Shelob's belly and says, but mm. Shelob was not as dragons are. No softer spot had she, save only her eyes. Knobbed and pitted with corruption was her age-old hide, but ever thickened from within with layer on layer of evil growth. Disgusting. The blades scored it with a dreadful gash, but those hideous folds could not be pierced by any strength Ugh. of men. Not though elf or dwarf should forge the steel or the hand of Baron or of Turin wield it. Mm-hmm. So we get, again, like a right. mention of, of, of Baron and Turin! My yeah. ma- our man! Our man Turin. I know. The most interesting book we've read. That's true. <laughs> uh, and the orcs assume Sam must be an elf warrior. Mm-hmm. Because they think that's the only thing that could 
sufficiently wound. Mm-hmm. Shelob. But no, he's a hobbit with elvish weaponry. Yes. A lightness sword. Um, so yeah, I was really struck by how much of, of yeah, the Silmarillion appears in this chapter. And we kind of get glimpses of it earlier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about Sam kind of discussing how they're part of a, a, a greater legend here. But obviously, that's continuing here. And I do think Tolkien's doing that on purpose. I think he's really trying to drive home the fact that this story is mm-hmm. part of this larger mythos that he has created um which like obviously you can understand if you haven't interacted with the silmarillion at all but i do think that having read the silmarillion this is like a place where i'm like okay Mm -hmm. i do feel like it's enriching my reading of this book Mm -hmm. in a way that it really hasn't before i don't know how you feel about Mm -hmm. that but He's yeah, thinking. Probably. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think. There was another point where I feel like we talked about Silmaril bearing a lot of weight. And I cannot remember now for the life of me what it was that we were talking about. I don't think it was the was end. It this... Was it in the two mm, towers? It might have been in it might have been in the fellowship, maybe with Moria, possibly. Or was it when they were when in they were in the Lothlorian, maybe, yeah. Um, but I agree here is where it's probably the most helpful to here have. is like here. I think for me, it's not, it's, it's more true to than like just having the history. Hmm. It's like having the legends from that. Right. Because the Silmarillion is mostly like a history book with random stories that are right. And here we're getting the actual like connection mm-hmm. to these stories that tie to the Silmarils and not just like the history of the first age of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, right. It's important that we talk about Baron and Luthien here because Frodo and Sam, as Frodo says in the previous chapter, are a continuation of that that legend right they defeated morgoth and you know got the silmaril back and sauron was obviously a servant of morgoth Mm -hmm. and now we they're going to destroy his ring and they have the light of right it's all tied up Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. in more than just like okay great we know that gladriel was around during the first age when these things were happening and um I think, oh, we talked about how the Silmarillion is also important to understanding um, Window on the West. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was it. And Faramir's whole shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Though that's a very different part of the Silmarillion too, right? That's Mm -hmm. that whole end bit about Numenor. Yeah, it's a much um, later part. That sort of stands out on its own. I mean, this is like almost the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. Because at one point it talks about how Shelob walked in darkness and heard the elves cry, that cry far back in the deeps of time. So like she's so fucking old mm-hmm. that she remembers things when the elves were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that's why she's not afraid of it. Yeah. So I think that carries more weight if you've read the Silmarillion than if not. Because otherwise it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, so. Like, right. She's old. She's cool. old. Yeah. 
And also, I just think generally the presence of Shelob is important here because, again, she's so old and she's helping, again, to tie Frodo and Sam Mm -hmm. into these old stories Mm -hmm. the same way that the file of Galadriel does by having the light of the Silmaril Mm -hmm. in it, right? It's like here we're... We have two, one very ancient being and mm-hmm. one very ancient, I don't want to say object, but like kind of. Yeah. But one a... very ancient essence mm-hmm. <laughs> that these two people in the present are right. using or contending with or interacting mm-hmm. with in some way that's really tying them into this more mm-hmm. ancient legendarium. And it's also sort of the final step on there ascension to full heroes in this story because if you think of another ancient creature that they encountered the balrog gandalf has to save mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and throughout this entire fucking book we've heard frodo say what would gandalf do what would gandalf do mm-hmm. gandalf didn't tell me what to do here if only gandalf were here and aragorn says the same thing um and here they encounter another like ancient evil mm-hmm. and they are able to defeat it mm-hmm. on their own um so it, it also fits into that too if we talked about this with frodo before i think of like how this is a journey to his becoming the hero we've mentioned mm-hmm. a couple points i think we talked about it a while ago though like maybe on weathertop this is a while back when we talked about sort yeah. of his hero journey but here we have it we also of course have sam's sort of emergence onto the scene too as a, as a full-fledged hero as well so it is interesting that Tolkien kind of sets up these two books to have these confrontations that mirror each other in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm. the Balrog is described as being ancient and lurking in the dark places too. And it's also kind of this animal evil in a way. Like it's not as conscious as yeah, like Sauron is. Like there's something primitive about it, I guess. Um, they, they'd be a cute couple, actually. The Balrog and Shelob. They have yeah, a lot in really common. Cute. A lot in common. Yeah. Um, they both like to devour things. Horns. He with fire. She with her gross mouth parts. Yeah. Um, Grody. But so there's a lot of parallels it's going on. We've talked about this with Tolkien endlessly, though. And you were saying mm-hmm. it too just a minute ago. Like this whole narrative is circling back to Baron and Luthien. So it's mm-hmm. like the same kind of set of legends repeat with, I guess, minor variations. Right, which I think is right. Tar- kind of Tolkien's whole point, which we've talked about yeah. before, is like evil's never defeated; yeah. it just always right. takes a different and, form. And she loves slithers away, right, into her hole in the wall. And I think that's that's an important right mm-hmm. point to note is like Sauron gets defeated. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, whereas Shelob does not. Yeah. We don't know what happens to Shelob. She's still around. And I think that's very important that like Tolkien is perhaps saying here. <laughs> yeah. You know, this kind of evil can never go away. Like it's not cyclical. It's just always there, right? It's like permanent. our right, our desire for you know, food and mm-hmm. sex and like, you know, animal pleasures, whatever, carnal pleasures. Uh a phrase my husband used the other day and I told him if he ever said it again, I was going to <laughs> sleep in the guest room for the rest of our marriage. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh 
Um, but like these things, the you know Tolkien's perceived evil mm-hmm. of those things, um, like it's not the same sort of cyclical evil right. that we experience with the evil of like wanting power and mm-hmm. wanting to dominate and you know rule over others. Um, You're right. Because that obviously is is the cycle. It's higher but... up on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And so I I, you know. It's also probably higher up on Tolkien's hierarchy of evil, right? It's a it's a worse evil than the kind that Ungoliant presents. Mm-hmm. But it's also the one that like she's the one who endures. Right. It's kind of the root of it all. Mm-hmm. Like her greed is the basis of the greed that's mm-hmm. Sauron's, which is more specific. Right. Well, and we talked uh, about this too with Ungoliant. Like she doesn't care about power because all she all she cares about is herself. Mm-hmm. Right? She doesn't want to control any like she just wants to She doesn't need to feed her desires and like be full and just treat herself eat her mates she she loves her self care mm-hmm. uh yeah so and something else to say and i can't remember but yes she yeah. love hangs out <laughs> she does. she's around she doesn't go away and there's actually interesting, maybe she loves in it too. This is what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Uh, but Tolkien actually worked on a, mm-hmm. like a sequel. You, you're nodding, you knew this. Mm-hmm. Tolkien worked on a sequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy about like, you know, many, many years down the road, what was happening in Gondor. And it's like same thing, right? Like evil is present, but it's a different form. It's not like a physical evil. It's more of a kind of mm-hmm. theoretical evil. And um, I would be very interested to, <laughs> you know, have read it. But apparently, according to him, it was like too dark. Yeah. But I'm wondering if she loves in it. She can't <laughs> die. She's the she's now the queen of Gondor. That'd be cool as hell. She had to glow up. She married the Balrog. They're really happy. I'm telling you, I think they'd be great for each other. I mean, he does become a creature of slime, right? Doesn't yeah. Gandalf say that when yeah. they like fall mm-hmm. into the water? He becomes a creature of slime. slime. She loves slime. Oh. Look, I'm telling you, it's hard to find your person out there. So when you do, you just gotta you grab gotta a little all eight legs. Yep. Hang on. And slime them. Slime them up. <laughs> You're mine now. That's right. I slimed you. Covered in my gross, awful. Um, but does what she, else do we have does to she talk about? Appear again in the next book? I can't remember. No. So this is she literally gone. just it. She just pops in yep. for this. Okay. She, yep. It's like Kramer. She just bursts in. Yep. Okay. And then leaves. Okay. He just loves monsters. That's what this is. I mean, who does that? It's true. This is, yeah, that's definitely like right his love of like Beowulf mm-hmm. coming through. Yeah, because like Sauron can't look like this, so he's got to have no. a, he's got to have other monsters. No, I mean we don't even really know what Sauron looks like, but he can't look like this. Mm-hmm. 
No, he can't be that cool. He's just got to be a giant eye on a pole. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Tower. Tower. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was just a pole? <laughs> or like a Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings crossover. It's like the lamppost. Oh my god. It's just Tower's eye. No. No. That would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. Um... Master anything else about sh- anything? Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say anything else about Shelab. I don't. I don't... Go listen to our Ungoliant episode if you didn't. I mean, that covers really, it. I hate to say that, but yeah, it's a it's a retread. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we can talk about the choices of Master Samwise. Yeah. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> well, I mean, this is where Sam has his heroic moment where he defeats Shelob. Actually, happens yep. in this chapter. Um. I mean, she kind of defeats herself. Mm-hmm. Because she slams down on the sword so hard with the driving force mm-hmm. of her own cruel will, yep. with strength greater than any warrior's hand, thrust herself upon a bitter spike. Deep, deep at practice, Sam was crushed slowly to the ground. So really, he just has to kind of sit there and hold, hold the little sword up. Yep. Um, and then she does that thing that spiders do. Like, she jumps backwards and curls up her legs. Yes, <laughs> which is oh, incredible. Um. And then, of course, this is where the light comes into. So Sam has this big mm-hmm. heroic moment. Um, he also defeats Gollum, which is great. Gollum, like, underestimates him, which I liked. And, um, of course, he thinks Frodo's dead. And this is where we get probably the, like, most, I don't know, explicit statement of their relationship to one another. Frodo in terms and Sam? Of, like, yeah, like how close they are. Yeah. Like, Sam's devastated. <laughs> Because he thinks he's dead. And then he's even more devastated when he realizes he isn't dead and the orcs took him away. Yeah. Um, what does he say, Aaron? At which part? Where he's uh, talking so about... So many parts. Where, where he's actually looking at him on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he stays there for a while. It's unclear, but he's, like, kneeling next to what he thinks is Frodo's dead body for a long time. Um, he kind of frets about it. And then he decides he has to see it through. So he's going to... He's prepared to do the quest himself. Mm-hmm. Importantly enough here, but um, he's so he says, "What can I do? Not leave Mister Frodo dead, unburied on top of the mountains, and go home, or go on, go on." The moment doubt and fear shook him, go on. Is that what I've got to do? And leave him. Then at last he began to weep. If I go on, he said, "Then I must take your sword by your leave, Mister Frodo. But I'll put this one to lie by you, as it lay beside the old king in the barrow." And you got your beautiful mithril coat from old Mr. Bilbo and your star glass, Mr. Frodo. You did lend it to me and I'll need it for I'll always be in the dark now. It's too good for me. And the lady gave it to you, but maybe she'll understand. Do you understand, Mr. Frodo? I've got to go on. And then he holds his hand. Yeah. He could he not release it. Yeah. Yeah. Me alone. Go to the crack of doom and all. Take the ring from him. The council gave it to him. And so, yeah, he's just, he thinks he's the last and he's got to go do it. Yep. It's great. It is great. I mean, it's sad. I mean, it is, but, but we also know he's not dead. So it's less sad. No, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Sam's the best of us. Sam really is. He loves Frodo. He definitely loves Frodo. Do you want to share your favorite line? 
My favorite line. Let's about what Sam does when Frodo's being attacked by Sheila. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite line, but I think I it's, know, but you made you know, a point. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I think it might be in the, actually the previous chapter. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, maybe not. Nope. It says so. This is Shelob. So Sam just defeated Gollum. Shelob is like you know attacking Frodo. And it says he sprang forward with a yell and seized his master's sword in his left hand. Then he charged. No onslaught more fierce was ever seen in the savage world of beasts where some desperate small creature armed with little teeth alone will spring upon a tower of horn and hide that stands above its fallen mate. So Frodo is described as Sam's mate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh. I love it. Yeah. I do too. And that's why Sam is so fierce. He is. He is pretty fierce in this section. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I love this section because we get to see so much of Sam's character, Mm. which is, again, like, really come out in the last couple of chapters as being more than just sort of like bumbling and mm-hmm. forgetting he had rope at the bottom of his pack. And carrying his pans around. and Right. Yeah. And like just being and like, right, he's evolved from just being Frodo's essentially like manservant to being his like, like partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and whether Frodo feels the same way about Sam is kind of yet to be seen. Yeah, he's a little distracted <laughs> by the rain. Sam loves Frodo so much, yeah. and um, you know, he begs him to to don't go where I can't follow. Wake up, Mister oh, Frodo! Right, yeah. Oh, wake up, Frodo! Me dear, me dear, wake up! Um, right, he he. It takes him a long time to decide if he should leave mm-hmm. Frodo. Um, and then when he finally does and finds out that Frodo is alive is like all right I'm going to go fuck yeah, up his horse. I'm going to go march into the tower. And <laughs> it's like I back. have no choice. Yeah. Um so like, you know, I love I love what we kind of see of Sam in this chapter and his relationship with Frodo. Um I think the more interesting thing to me though is I know what you're going to say. We actually see what happens when you put on the ring, which mm. is not a thing that we have ever no, not really seen much before. Um, you know, Frodo has put it on a few times and we mm-hmm. get indications of sort of what happens, but this is incredibly detailed. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like weirdly not that affected by it. Yeah. Or is he? I don't know. It seems he seems to think he can go defeat a bunch of orcs. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, like he um, so it's it it weighs it weighs him down. He does not feel visible invisible. He feels mm-hmm. horribly and uniquely visible. And he knew that somewhere an eye was searching for him. Mm-hmm. Um, his senses are heightened. He hears the crack of stone, the murder of fa- uh, the murmur of water far off in the Morgul Vale, and down away under the rock, the bubbling misery of Shelob groping lost in some blind passage. Um, voices in the dungeons of the tower, the cries of orcs. 
Um, and he's able to follow the orcs right. way more effectively it's... than he would have if he didn't have mm. the ring on. And not just because he's invisible, right? He can hear them. He can kind of see in the dark, et cetera, et cetera. I think this answers our question we had about when Frodo's on the high seat or high chair. Mm-hmm. Remember we asked if it's like the high the chair ring or if it's eating his baby yeah, food. <laughs> um, because this seems similar to that. It seems similar to that section where Frodo's looking out, right, and seeing all these things that are happening or maybe haven't happened. Um, and here we have this moment where Sam is like seeing everything around him or feeling everything around him in incredible detail. Um, so it seems, I think that maybe answers our question about what was prompting Frodo's mm-hmm. visions. Yeah. Um, it's the ring. In, the ring gives you between. this sort of weird insight. Yeah. Because in you're between in this, eating like, in his between... apricot puree. <laughs> it's a little baby food joke for everyone. <laughs> Good, huh? Yeah, that's great. We should just, yeah, so we, uh, we should anyway. switch to baby food jokes all the time. Yeah, we should make a baby food joke <laughs> podcast. We might be Why better not? at that than we are at discussing these two chapters. Hey, hey, everybody. It's been a long couple weeks, okay? Give us... Yeah, we are both very tired. Give us a break, precious. Like Frodo, I've been wrapped in webs and carried off by orcs. And, like... Actually, no, maybe that's you. That's me. Or I'm just like that orc that they find in Shelob's house oh my god and then like, leave him there who's yeah. just like awake and like hanging upside down in a bunch of webs and they just leave him there because she <laughs> forgot about him but they're all so scared of her that they don't want to mess with him i'm more like that i love the orcs bullshit in this chapter okay i kind of do too so we it can might be I guess, my discuss part. that as yeah well. it's so good i love all the weird I, moments we get with the orcs i'm sorry they're great i really love the orcs <laughs> They have great names, Shagrat, Gorbag. Like, come on, this whips ass. Or- I want to book this just the, the orcs. The orc daddies of Middle Earth. <laughs> I mean, they talk about the eye, who's like their boss. It's great. It's like water yeah. cooler talk with the orcs. They're like, the eye's always yes. watching. It's busy elsewhere. They never tell us what's going yeah. on. It's yeah, like, it's they're, they're kind of like insubordinate. Like, they're, a little, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck those guys down in the Morgul Vale. <laughs> I mm-hmm, hate my boss. Mm-hmm. I hate my boss. There's stuff going on. They don't tell. They don't tell us nothing. They talk about you know Smeagol, who's a known quantity to them. That's mm-hmm. like this like gross little creepy guy. Uh, we get references to Lugbers again, which is just great. I love. Yeah, I love incredible our weird Polish Lugbers. names for Mordor or whatever it's supposed to be. Um. And they, they argue, too, about, like, Frodo. Like, how much do we have to preserve him right. for the eye? Because the one guy, I think it's Gorbag, who, like, wants to... I don't know, like, I don't know if he wants to, like, eat part of him or, like, rifle through his shit. To, I think he wants to eat him. Um, and, the, and then Shagrat's like, no, no, he's for Lugsburg. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love this whole section. It's, it's great. They talk about Sheila, yeah. they call her her ladyship, which is very funny. Yes. Um, 
and yeah, and they're like complaining about like think something has slipped. Like they get the sense that something's going wrong, or that the plan yeah. isn't working the way it's supposed to. It's great. It's like Hogan's Heroes, um, but with orcs instead of Nazis. Yeah, and again, like this, um, like right at the beginning of this chapter, we kind of get to see a little bit more about the it, like what goes on in Sam's little brain, and now at the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. we get to see kind of what goes on in the brain of the orcs, and it is interesting because they've been sort of, I mean, with the exception of. Um, the Urukai chapters, yeah. the orcs are kind of a monolith, right? They, they just are. are like, they exist as a group. They don't really have personalities. It doesn't, there's no indication that they like know what's going on. They just sort of seem like automatons mm-hmm. that just sort of like, we do what Sauron tells us. If this were sci-fi, <laughs> they'd be like a robot army, right? But they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, They do what Sauron tells them, but Clearly, they're not super thrilled about it. No, they're a bunch of complainers, and I love it. No, they don't like the Nazgul, no. which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're his favorites. <laughs> but they give I me the they're creeps. They're so jealous, it's great. <laughs> um, so I think it's, I don't know, it's just like good to see. Not that these orcs are good. Uh, by any means, they're certainly still pretty bad guys. They want to eat Frodo, but I think it is important to see that even among mm-hmm. like the mm, denizens of Mordor, there is variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not all just like mindless yeah. drones. Yeah, they're fun guys. You can have a beer with them. That's right. And and complain about your boss. They love office gossip. They really do. I mean, it's like 90% of what this is. It's gossip about Shelob, about Gollum, about the eye. Yep. Like the whole section. And I love it. I'm here for it. I wish there's more orc, more orc stuff in these books. I would read an entire book kinda, just about the orcs. I would too. They're fun. They're fun. They're like gnarly dudes. I love them. They have great names. And we haven't, we don't have, we don't get a lot of fun. No, we don't. We uh, get very little fun. I mean, there's great some stuff. Some of the orcs. This is, this is good. Good fun. You know, it's not hard to imagine these guys saying, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> it really isn't. It really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. And they know what a menu is because they go to TGI Friday's. <laughs> Every single weekend. The only restaurant left in Mordor. TJ Friday. There is one Fuddruckers. I thought you were going to say Chili's. <laughs> it's a TJ Friday's, a Fuddruckers, and a Chili's. <laughs> and one Long John Silver's. Oh. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw a Long John Silver's employee go outside to take the garbage out, throw up in the dumpster, and go back inside? <laughs> no. <laughs> Never eat at Long John Silver's. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the smell of the garbage was really bad? I think the s- smell of the Long John Silver's was really bad. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
This is a PSA, folks. Yeah, don't eat at lunch on Summers. Don't eat at uh, lunch on Summers. So what do we think of the two towers? This is the... We've, we've reached the end of this book. You're two-thirds, more than two-thirds of the way through the whole series at this point. I love them. I love those two towers. I love them <laughs> both. I'd kiss them if I could. <laughs> there you have, I can't top that. There you have it. <laughs> Two towers, they get a kissable rating from Clara. <laughs> a kiss for Orthanc and a kiss for Baradur. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I've had kiss Baradur. Yeah. I, you know, but just a little. Just a little, okay. Yeah. Like French. No, style. I love this book. Yeah, we talked good. about this at the beginning. We did, uh... but now we read it. So. <laughs> now I hate it. <laughs> No, I'm saying I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've read it. So I, my opinion has been confirmed, though. It's it's good. Okay. This makes for great podcasting. The opinion that we thought we had <laughs> is the opinion that we have, and we have nothing else to say about that. Oh, well, I don't know. What do you want me to say? It's a good time. What did you like about it? What did you like about it? Was there anything about it that you forgot that, like, surprised you? Um, or anything that you didn't mm-hmm. like the first time you read it that you were like but, oh actually my opinion of this oh. has changed uh i kind of remember being bored out of my mind with a lot of the frodo and sam mm-hmm. sections in this book and in return of the king frankly mm-hmm. um whereas this time around i'm more interested in them okay than I was. that's fair um like i always liked the shelob section that was great but sure well but i remember a lot of them right? like There's just like kind of wandering on. around being miserable yeah, I'm not being super into that as like an 11 year old. Sure. Um, whereas now, like the stuff going out with the descriptions of Mordor is more interesting to me. Um, I had forgot how cool the window in the West section was. Might be like my Same. favorite section, like of all the books. Yeah, I don't Honestly. know. Well, mm, I think it's the most anything with Faramir. But... Anything with Faramir, I'm fine with. But. <laughs> um settle down <laughs> are you sure it's the two uh, towers you want to smooch <laughs> <laughs> caught me uh <laughs> anyway <laughs> no prizes for I, guessing that answer um no i agree um i can't remember the last time i read the two towers it's not been too long, but yeah, like the Faramir stuff has always been a little like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hate it, but mm-hmm. uh, again, I think just like having read the Silmarillion more recently mm-hmm. has helped just kind of enrich those chapters for me in a way that I really wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. And, and so I do, yeah, I do think I found, I found that whole section way more, um, engaging mm-hmm. than i have in the past mm-hmm. not to just kind of you know piggyback off oh yeah i really liked that oh i liked it too but i would agree that mm-hmm. mm. uh and i have to admit i'm i'm, I'm less interested in, like the helms deep stuff than i probably was mm-hmm. as a kid yeah like i like I mean, the part where they go to isengard that section I yeah like. i was gonna say i still but love the i'm like the less interested in the giant battle Sure. And I think that's allowed. I think Tolkien doesn't want you to be that interested yeah. in it. Like, I think um, he wants you to just know... take it as, oh. like, 
for what it is and then move on. Yeah. What do you, yeah. what would you like to know? I would love to know like what the people of Rohan live like outside of, we talked about this outside of mm, Edoras, mm-hmm. but we're never going to know that. <laughs> I uh, guess it's just farms. There's an animated television show coming out sometime this year. Will it be bad? About the Rohirrim. Oh. I don't know. I have no okay. idea. Um, it's an Amazon. So thing? Maybe if you watch it, you will find out. I have no idea who's mm. making it. Okay. All right. But I have seen it floating around. So maybe that's your opportunity to find out what <laughs> the people of Rohan live like outside of Edoras. Just curious. Um, yeah. And I think for me, like, I'm more interested in the stuff surrounding the Palantir. Yeah. Uh, the Palantiri this time. Again, just sort of these things that are maybe more tied into all the mythology mm. that Tolkien has created. Um, yeah. Are more intriguing this time around. And again, I do. I hate to say that I credit the Silmarillion for that because I know that a lot of the people listening have not read the Silmarillion <laughs> and that's okay. We do not expect you to, but like, I really do think that there's much more in this book that knowing the Silmarillion has either made me more interesting, interested in or helped me to understand or make connections that I wasn't making mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Um, I would agree. And I mean, the other thing is, too, like, I'm not reading for plot this time, so I can focus on weird shit like the Palantir. Right. And, like, you know, we can go off about the orcs having their conversations because... They're great. I don't know. That's all right. Mm -hmm. I do love the orcs. I had forgotten how much orc talk there is in this book, great Aaron this is that's it write some orc fanfic I'm not gonna write office orcs <laughs> office orcs office orcs it's like the IT crowd, I got your title for you orcs it's just orcs why is not why is this palantir catching fire oh it says made in Britain on it that's why <laughs> classic um but yeah we are in the final stretch that's right, folks. Return of the King is next. We will be starting Return of the King in our next episode. And we will be back uh, with Aragorn and Merry and, and Pippin and Legolas and Gimli and Gandalf. The White. Yeah, and the whole gang. The gang's all here. Well, they're kind of split up now, but we'll be back with <laughs> that, you know, that, that crowd. Yeah. We'll be jumping around. But mm-hmm. um, so I'm, excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to read another book and i'm excited to like i mean i love doing the podcast but wow i'm kind of excited to like i don't know finish a podcast that's right so we can start our next podcast which is all baby food jokes yep our next podcast is all baby food jokes Um, what were you gonna tell me to do (laughs) or ask me two years two years of the podcast we've been doing this that's right is it two years exactly no, but oh, okay. it's over two years now. It was two years sometime at the beginning of January. Damn. How time flies when you're having fun. It really does. When you're having fun. So much has happened in these books in those two years. 
That's right. <laughs> but uh, we could be done by summer. It's Aaron's insight. Thank you. So much has happened in these two books. Look, I retired from, these books from being a, an academic years ago. So I gave up insight as part of that. I had to surrender it. I had to surrender it when Fair I enough. left. They make you hand it over. Yeah, they did. That and your Along wisdom with my teeth. access to JSTOR, which I'm really bitter about. But Yeah, if anyone wants to give us JSTOR access, please <laughs> let us know. I am generally uh, we upset, do ex- but I don't We would accept a gift of JSTOR access. Mm-hmm. JSTOR, sponsor us. <laughs> JSTOR will never sponsor anything. <laughs> JSTOR is like three old men who scan shit at like this, the Harvard Library. This podcast brought to you by McVitie's Digested Biscuits <laughs> and JSTOR. <laughs> so JSTOR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Well, this has gotten incredibly niche. It really has. These jokes may only land with the two of us, which is great podcast content. Yep. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Uh, But we'll be back. We will return to meet the the king. king. Oh. And he don't miss. You come after the king. You better not miss. We'll see you next time. to go to the bathroom.